Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports talk radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good. Radio now on 101.1 and it's 24/7. The world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. 
you will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. Brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I am happy and pleased to be here with you, uh, to be given the opportunity uh, for us to discuss the kinds of things that impact our lives today and in the future. We have to prepare ourselves for the opportunity uh, to fight against the tyranny that exists in our country today, Uh, the type of tyranny that will try to take us backwards. Uh, You have to be aware that there are people who are unhappy with the progress made of people of color and who want to take us in a different uh, direction. And so we have to be prepared and ready uh, to wage war against those who seemingly don't appreciate the progress of people of color. And it was interesting to me today Uh, that a sheriff in Clearwater had the nerve to say that Al Shopton uh, did not have a place in Clearwater, uh, that he needs to mind his own business, and uh, there's no reason for him to come to Clearwater and stir up trouble. And so much of that sounds like the past to me, where we had the issues that when African Americans uh, people of color were willing to fight for their rights and to display um, uprisings that there was somebody in that city who felt as though we were troublemakers. Uh, but we have to support each other and ask each other uh, to intercede when things are going on that we don't uh, agree with. And it's certainly when a man is gone down uh, with provocation. And I'm, I'm going to go so far as to say that. You know, I know when when we say, well, he pushed him down. You're right, he did push him down. But at the time he pulled out his weapon, the provocation was gone. He had distanced himself and the man was able to then get up. He could have Quietly gotten up. He pointed the gun at the guy that got backed up because he got knew he was at a serious disadvantage. So once he had the advantage, there was no willing, no reason to murder the person. And so we have to ask ourselves, to me, and I know I may be, um, there are people who will disagree with me, that was clearly an execution. We need to divine, uh, define what execution is. An execution is when you kill someone when they're not in a position uh, to stop you from doing it. Uh, That's what I think an execution is. When you got somebody at such a disadvantage that there is no way they can protect themselves and you have them at a, a such a disadvantage that their life is, is determined by your actions. So clearly, this man had the young man at a disadvantage. His life was was at the mercy of uh, of this man, even though he was on the ground. So I clearly believe that means that it was an execution. 
Now, the fact that we talked about yesterday how we don't have anyone uh, to intercede or come to the aid of people of color in a way that might frighten the people of power. Uh, so Al Sharpton has, uh, is coming to Clearwater to clearly make a statement, and the, the powers to be don't want to hear it. So we have to recognize the only peaceful way uh, to change the way people are thinking or the government is through fear. And I'm not meaning fear of death, but fear of losing control. When Al Sharpton and others come to town, that means that they are the people in those areas no longer have the normal control that they're used to. And we have to be able to put some kind of fear in the government when it comes to the deaths of our, our people. So when we come and we talk about these things, we have to remember uh, that we're talking about, that's the reason why we talk about creating an organization uh, that can have the power to put fear in people. NRA organization puts fear in people. That's the reason why uh, a lot of elected officials don't want to go on record against the NRA because they fear the backlash or the possible money that the NRA can bring to the table uh, to get them uh, put out of office. And so we have to be willing and able to put the same kind of fear in politicians. This sheriff did not fear uh, Al Sharpton. He felt comfortable telling Al Sharpton uh, that he was uh, not afraid of him and that all he was doing was coming down there to cause trouble. Again, that's something we've always heard in our history that our protests are considered nothing but causing trouble. Up in the Negroes are, are getting involved in other people's business. So, Nate, you know, we, we have to recognize when we talk about these people trying to take us back in time, take us back to a point where uh, people don't appreciate us um, standing up for our rights standing up for change, and that they are always in the midst of trying to control what it is that we're doing. I'm sorry, it's D. Uh, so, D, um, we remember these statements about these uppity Negroes coming to town to cause trouble. I guess we do, James. Good afternoon. Uh, we do remember those times. And, um, you know, and for the sheriff to say, uh, Al Sharpton to mind your own business. Well, the death of this unarmed man is Al Sharpton's business. You know, um, for them to just want to uh, sweep it under the rug and 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 see and and so what Al is doing is what the NAACP should be doing. It's what the churches in that area should be doing, and hopefully they're teaming up with Al. To make life interrupted down there for them, make to make their lives uncomfortable until something can be heard or something can be done. But first of all, they got to be heard, and they don't want and they don't want to be they don't want to hear them. So yes, uh, life has to be interrupted. The norm, the the normal way of going about business has to be interrupted. You know. Uh, I, I sent a, a reply to your to your uh, text today to say that we should back Al Sharpton the way that Trump supporters uh, back him all the way to the wall, regardless, because there is nobody else that's willing to stand forward, <coughs> to, to willing to, to step forward, to stand up and say something, you know. Uh, I, I feel confident that Al will ask the right question. And one of the questions is, for anybody that opposed Al's presence down there, what would you do if a black man 
had your wife in the car, shouted at her, pointing fingers at her, how would you react? So the, the, the right question has to be asked, asked today. And that's the only way to get some kind of norm, the normal response out of these people. Thank you. You know, and we're intelligent enough. I'm not telling people that they're not situations where people should not be arrested. Clearly, I don't believe this was one of them. If that man, African-American, had went in the store and held the clerk up at gunpoint and somehow the clerk got the upper hand and he shot the guy, uh, I don't have a problem with that, and I don't have a problem with him going home and sleeping in his own bed. But the fact is is that I do have a problem with a toss-up allowing a citizen to go home and go to bed. He should have at least uh, been placed in custody until some of uh, individuals uh, at the district attorney's office made a decision. He shouldn't have been not been given the benefit of the doubt there on site. And so that's my argument. Uh, and Reverend Smith, um, I'd like, you know, you're in law enforcement. I just, you know, and I've been in the jail for over 10 years when I trying to help inmates. But I sometimes, I believe that African-Americans are not given the benefit of the doubt. And they're not allowed to go home and sleep in bed with a toss-up. So here we are again with a toss-up and uh, with people on different sides and believing different things. But this white man gets to go home and wait on the state attorney to make a decision. Yeah, I guess so, James. Uh, Good evening to everyone. I don't really have that much to say about it. I know it's wrong. What 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 the white guy did was wrong. The guy had a right to defend his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, and I pray to God that FDLE will do the right thing, which they won't, because they never do. Uh, but in reference to the Al Shopton situation, I have no love lost for Al Shopton because I know what he's all about, and you all should know what he's all about also. Why do we need someone to come from somewhere else to do something that we should be doing ourselves? And we could do ourselves, but... Anyway, that's just a horse of another color. I don't know. But uh well it it's getting to be it's getting to be that we are constantly saying and dealing with the situations. D said the right thing when he said we really don't truthfully speaking we don't really need an Al Shopton. We need the churches or the NAACP who has this great organization to stand up and make a uh, make a, a say something, you know, but they're not going to do it, and the churches are not going to do it. And, yeah, I understand about Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton, just like Jesse Jackson, he don't come down here for free, okay? If you think Al Sharpton flew down here, for free, you got another thought coming. You think Al Sharpton is going around from country to country, of city to city, or state to state, free of charge? You got another thought coming. And if it, it, why the same people, if Al Sharpton doesn't say ten ten cent more than anybody else. If there's no cameras there, you're not going to see Al Sharpton. And you're not going to see Jesse Jackson. You wouldn't see a whole lot of other, quote, unquote, people. Um, it, it's just, I just don't see the need for people to do that, when, especially when you could be doing it yourself. You should be, we should learn to stand up for ourselves. We always got to call somebody in to help us. Help you do what? Those people are going to go back to their home. 
those people are going to go back to their homes and their wives. They're not going to have to deal with the sheriff. They're not going to have to deal with the police department. We need someone, uh, people that are here in this particular place to deal with the situation. First of all, they need someone to deal with FDLE, who always find, and that that is my, that is the organization that I retired from. But we were always told to always give the law enforcement officers the benefit of the doubt because we have to work with them. That's no way to think. So if you want to get on somebody's case, have someone or get some letters together or do whatever you're going to do and get on FDLE's case and ask them, find out from FDLE, how many police officers have they found to be in the wrong? And I guarantee you it would be zero. So, you know, we just, we go about things wrong to me. So that's just me. But anyway, I just know that God got it all in his hand. And that's who hand I leave it into. We can get on this line and we can scream and holler and get upset and angry. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to ever do it again. All I'm going to do is say, Lord, I'm going to stand up for me, and I'll stand up for anybody on this line. I will, because I'm in fear. Death don't bother me, but I'm talking about unnecessariness. Unnecessary. Well, God, my tongue getting tired now. But anyway, I'm not. I'm not going to worry about that stuff. I don't worry about it. It's been going on ever since I've been alive, and it's not going to stop just because we. Bring in a Al Sharpton or somebody, anybody else. It's going to keep going on. And as long as we got this individual up there who's constantly fostering this stuff, all this stuff that's been, been, been held down for so long, it's just coming out. It was held down because they didn't have no, they felt like they had to hold it in. We don't know all these restaurants that we've been eating at. They could have been spitting in our food all these years we've been going there. They could have been dropping it on the floor and putting it back on the plate. We don't know. We have no idea. But we trust them before we trust our own. So we are getting what we deserve. I'm sorry. Because as long as we keep trusting them over our own brothers and sisters, we deserve what we get. Because we can't come together under no circumstances, no circumstances whatsoever. And that's, so I'm not going to put nobody else down. I don't care. Whatever God has for them, he's going to take care of them. And that's just my take on the whole thing. God bless. (laughs) Reverend Smith, um, and I hear um, the need for us to come together. And certainly we talked about this yesterday where we need to uh, invest in leadership and and an organization that chooses to go back to to the role that the NAACP used to play. And um, we we need people who we used to stand, circle, marshal around the country to fight our battles. And uh, we need to find leadership locally and in the uh, across the country, and I hear what you're saying when it comes to Al Sharpton. Uh, but who else is going to step up? Uh, who else Jack. is going to do what's needed? And so, until Jack. we reach out where we can identify Jack. those locally, what are we supposed to do? We're never. And, I don't care if you. We're gonna we're gonna go out there and start another organization. A whole new organization. We got organization that's we are good at doing that. Starting an organization, no doggone well. And we're gonna we we gonna get there and we're gonna get in those organizations because everybody wanna be the the chief and nobody wants to be the Indian. And we fight we fight too much among ourselves. We really do. If we if we just come together, if we just come together and let one person be the spokesperson, and then we back that person up. That's a whole different ball game. But then you're going to have a whole lot of folks that are always going to be murmuring 
against the person that you choose. Oh, I should have been it, or that person should have been it. And that's it, it, we. That's all we know how to do. It's fight among. But James, we bring in if we bring in a white man, if we bring in a white man to be over us, then everybody will be satisfied. All right, D. What What are your thoughts, D? James, this thing, this thing is uh is two weeks old, and I've had I hadn't heard nothing more about Clearwater until. Al Sharpton came, decided to come to town. Now, mind you, uh, Al Sharpton has a history of being a, what the white folk call him, they call him a publicity whore. All right. But look, let me, let, look, just like we said yesterday about uh, James Whisper and all these other uh, football players that, that, that seem to can't stay out of trouble, we had mentioned that sometimes, you know, if a person for hire, will come to these people aid and show them how they should behave, then that's fine, all right? In the same sense of the conversation, if Al Sharpton is for hire to come down, because the NAACP had done jack. I, I hadn't, this thing is two weeks old. I hadn't heard nobody doing nothing. So, okay, if the NAACP is high, uh, 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 for the lack of a better term, is hiding, and, and the churches in the area, I hadn't heard anybody doing anything. At least, if Al Sharpton is for hire, then he's there. And so, and so now what? And what? And nobody else said nothing. So this thing is going. Look, if it goes cold, and 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 Reverend Smith, you don't understand. You understand how how if a case go cold, if a case go cold, then the better, the better for the for the perpetrators to get away. But Somebody got to go in and put some kind of fire to somebody's feet. At least keep it alive until something else can happen. But right now, ain't nobody else doing nothing. Thank you. And, and you're right uh, that if unless we keep it on the forefront, those legislators and those judges and the um, state attorney, if it is allowed to go cold, will just allow it to go away as long as it's kept quiet. It is not, they're not going to do anything about it, even if it's the minimum, unless we stay on top of it and let them know that we're not going to allow them or to let, just let it go dead. We have to, because if you don't, they're already, we already know, Reverend Smith, we already know there's going to be another one. This ain't going to be the last one. Uh, but unless we raise enough noise, we won't slow down how many will happen. And that's my point is unless we try to change this law or do something, these kind of incidents are going to continue to happen. They are going to continue to happen, James. They are. With not the regularity that they that the white man expect them to happen or anybody else expect them to happen. But they've been happening all our lives. We just we just are hearing about we are hearing about them more now. That doesn't mean that it's right because we 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 haven't done anything about them. It's just that it's more prevalent because we got cameras and everything else and television stations are reporting these things now. Um so I don't have the answer. Only one person I know got the answer, and that's God. So that's where I leave it at, in his hands, Jay. I'm not going to get up. If I was younger like I used to be and energetic, I'll stand up out there and put my foot in some of them behind. But that's not, that, that's not, going, to, that's not going to accomplish us anything. We can go out there and kill 49 or 50 of them, too. And we're we're so busy killing each other till we don't have to worry about that. If you want to look at something, that one killing was wrong. It was terrible. But look at the sixty some killings that happened in Chicago. Not not killings, but shootings that happened in Chicago over the weekend. Black on black crime. Look at that. That's where the churches and other people ought to be standing up at. Chicago is getting trouble. 
12 people died, 60 injured. So that's a total of what, 78? I mean, 72? In in one weekend? And if, if they're doing that in Chicago, what about New York and other places that they're doing this these things in? And, and we're getting in an uproar about, yeah, we should, because of what this idiot, the sheriff, the sheriff is a dummy. He's just like, he's another protege of Trump. But I'm talking about on a constant basis, a daily basis, we're killing each other. We're killing each other right here in Orlando. You know that. You hear the news. All across this country, Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas, all the places, we're killing each other to death. So how in the world are we going to ever come together? Because just look at, the, look at the park shooting that we had here in Orlando just this past week. All those people out there in that park marching for peace. I think it was for peace or for something. And they start, all those children out there, and those fools start shooting. You know, what? what, Reverend Smith, you you are so right. And I have have no argument with what you're saying other than to suggest that we have to fight this battle on all fronts. Certainly you're right. There's no reason why we should have any less uproar or any more uproar for Clearwater than we do for Chicago. All of them has to have our attention. And that's what I'm saying. We cannot keep going in the same direction. We have no clue whatsoever how much potential that we're losing on a daily basis because somehow or another, our, our, the people that we love and who resemble us are just as much at fault as a white man. You are no less dead whether a white man shoots you or a black man shoots you, but Amen. people have to be accountable. Uh, D, and right. so we have to on both sides uh, but we need an organization to do it. Well, look, um, <laughs> let me say this right. Let me say this right here now. Uh, let me say this right here. For the for the comparison, Pastor Smith just made, and Pastor Smith, you know I love. You, but for the comparison that you just made about this young man there and the death uh, and, the, and the 72 that was killed in Chicago, I like somebody to say that to this man, girlfriend, or his wife. And the kids that he that he that he was forced to leave behind, make that comparison to her, and see what you get. Because this the, young um, man was not, he was not in Chicago. This young man and and down in in Clearwater, Florida, trying to do the right thing by his family and by his kids. You know, so it ain't like he's like a game back. The so understand perfect. I, I, I like I like somebody to make that comparison to her. And see, and see what I, she has to say about that. I understand perfectly what you're saying, D. But what about the mothers, and possibly the fathers do with of those of of those other ones up in Chicago and across this nation that was killed the same day, and been killed ever since then by each other. That they their children. The children that were probably around and were traumatized, the children that was in the park here in Orlando, when they saw this man shot to death, you know, it's a constant thing. I agree with you 100%. D, I'm not knocking the fact of Clearwater. I'm not knocking that. I'm saying until we get our act together, I don't, I'm not looking for nobody to stand up for us because we won't even stand up for ourselves. That's all I'm saying. I don't want nobody standing up. I don't want nobody coming in here standing up for me because we got younger people out there who are able to walk the streets, 
I don't see no nobody walking the streets of Chicago right now. I don't. You heard any 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 marches or any any uh, 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 civil rights leaders going to Chicago and 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 doing anything there? You see had any of them going to Tennessee and Arkansas and and Texas? You haven't seen that. I understand perfectly about the 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 wife or the girlfriend. And the children We all as a cop I've seen that daily just about it But at the same time I'm thinking about what we are doing We are doing more To destroy ourselves And as long as we, If we think we are Expendable Everybody else going to think we are expendable That's all That's you know That's just my and clearly, D makes a uh, a serious point uh, that these things need to be taken uh, as they come, because, and we need to deal with all of them with a, with a sense of urgency. Uh, this uh, situation just lends itself to the fact that we are unprotected because we don't have an organization that has the ability or the wherefore or the finances uh, to cover the United States. And I'm just saying, and I'm going to keep on saying, until we have an organization that mirrors the power or exceeds the power of the NRA, uh, then we are going to be at the mercy of these individual uh, cities and judicial systems uh, that allow our children not to have the value that they need to have. And so when we have people who have substance, they need to be encouraged to help us create an organization uh, that can mount the charge that the NAACP used to do in the 60s and 70s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And we just, they didn't, and I continue to say they've lost their mission. And we got people or children who need to be saved and protected. And until they're willing uh, to do that, uh, we we have to count on people like Al Sharpton. D? <laughs> yes, thank you, James. Now, look, uh, all of that is true. Now, Pastor Smith, you know that I, I am in total agreement with you when, it, when you say that um, – we have long dropped the ball when it comes down to dealing with our own problems in our own backyard. I am I'm totally on board with that uh, because I'm old enough to understand the seriousness for us to, to try to find some kind of way to uh, right our neglect when it comes down to getting these young people on board to get them so they have some kind of sense for humanity. I'm on board with that. Okay. But uh, and I have to use the word but because when when James said that we need an organization to stay in the face of the white power structure, I'm going to say it like Martin them used to say it and Jose Williams used to say it. We need an organization to stay in the face of them because, now look, if it, if it wasn't enough for law enforcement to start shooting unarmed black men and women, if that wasn't enough, now... There are individual citizens of, of the white persuasion that are provocating situations to do the exact same thing. So it's like open game on people of color. Now, you can test my theory because, now, if you were to go to a Walmart and park your car in the parking lot and then walk across the lot, across the drive, into the, onto the Walmart, they drive at you, some of them do, drive at you like you got a number on your back. Okay. Now, now see, and so what Al should do, Al should also test the waters of the white Christians by asking them how can they rectify this action. See, the, the, question, the right question got to be asked. Not to go down and, and start protesting without questions being asked. If you ask the question to stir people's emotions and and to stir their core beliefs, especially those that claim to be Christian, 
then they will have to answer you. They got to answer you. How how can you rectify this action? So especially with the stand your ground law, because again, these people go out and precipitate uh, situations in order to react. This guy had history in that same parking lot starting altercations, and this day he got lucky because somebody put hands on him, and then in that in that in that in that recall uh, uh, reaction, it gave him proper cause to kill this man. And uh, Reverend Smith, let me just remind you of this. These people go to the state legislator each and every year, and they make laws, but some of their laws are are for them to use against us, not us to use against them. Uh, remember that a black man who had a right to carry a weapon uh, was at Walmart here in Orlando, and a black young man and him and a group of other people stole ba- diapers and ran out the store. And he said he thought he saw a weapon in the boy's hand. He took it upon himself for whatever reason. I don't know why he would think he was the one should be going around protecting uh, the property of Walmart. Uh, but he ran out of the store and fired a shot that killed a young black man who was stealing out of the store. Now, I think he shouldn't have slept at home after he did that, and he didn't. I think he should have been charged, and he was, and convicted. Now, I feel sorry for him because I don't know why in the world he took it upon himself to allow himself to be carrying a weapon around and then think he was supposed to intervene on something that wasn't his business. This man, this white man did the same thing. That wasn't his parking lot. That wasn't his responsibility to go around protecting the the uh, the, the, the uh, space of handicapped space. Nobody put him in charge of that handicapped space. But he took it upon himself to do it and create a situation where he was given the right to kill somebody. And he got to sleep, go home and sleep. That is what I'm talking about is unfair. Take him to jail, let him sleep in jail, and wait until the district attorney decides not to file charge. That was what would have been right, and I wouldn't have been arguing about it, and I wouldn't be calling for us to have an I would still have been calling for us to have an organization. But at some point in time, we need to take the resources that we have, put those resources into one organization that can challenge these people about doing right and wrong, Reverend Smith. Uh, Reverend Smith dropped off. But you understand my frustration, D, when we know that these laws they make to protect them or give them the right to shoot us are not given to us to shoot them or to protect us in that same fashion. Well, and you know I do understand that, and I do also understand that um, they hope that we don't have any resolve to see this thing through. You see, and 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 they 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 have to bank on that because if if look Jesse is retired apparently, there there should be countless other uh, persons of interest that have the interest to know the laws that have been put in place to make uh, people of color fair game. If they do, now, it it has to be mind-boggling why people would rather stay at home, especially in Clearwater and the surrounding county. I know that there are some educated black people down there that are eloquent enough to relay a message. Of, uh, of of discomfort and dissatisfaction. Um, I know there are some school teachers down there that that are that are well spoken enough to to have their voices heard, but I haven't heard anything since that shooting. I've heard you know maybe a little ticks and tacks and maybe a couple of tweets, but nothing to the to the effect that Al Sharpton would hopefully get some answers or at least get other people involved. And that's all. That's all we're talking about. People to get involved in that area. That's all. I think that's all we need. Uh, that's, that's what we're looking for. 
RG, it is important that we recognize that we can't win every battle. We can't get every police officer who shoots a person, an unarmed person of color, uh, to um, to fight back. And we, but we don't need it to be open season on young African Americans or on any kind of African American. You stated it correctly that. Here we are dealing with trying to decrease the number of killings related to unarmed black men by police officers. And then we got a situation where it seems like the general public wants it to be open season as well. They don't want uh, just the police to have an opportunity to do it. They want to be able to do it. And as far as I'm concerned, this stand your ground law, gives people the opportunity uh, to create situations that give them the right to shoot people. Because if you know somebody who is stronger than you and more capable of fighting than you, then all you got to do is create a environment for that person uh, to be encouraged to push you or hit you. And then you can just pull your weapon out and shoot them. So uh, that's exactly what took place. This man kept going to this store, kept complaining about this um, handicapped parking space till somebody did something that made him feel comfortable to put out his weapon and fire it. Well, and for the sheriff, not that you take that in consideration, that the man had a prior incident of antagonism and antagonizing the customers. But him did not know, but him did not even take that into consideration. Uh, does show a sense of bias against the victim. Uh, and I want to say to anybody that's listening, you know, uh, the, the wife and the girlfriend, she may need somebody to intercede. Because we know, we all know that uh, people that, that are financially challenged, don't have the uh, economic uh, whereabouts to hire uh, a attorney that um, that's educated enough or experienced enough. That's the word. That's experienced enough to make the right call. We all have seen shootings in the past of the same situations where the uh, the attorney or the prosecuting office or the district attorney office in that area go for the murder charge, murder one charge, and that ain't the right charge. The right charge is to get some result is manslaughter or second-degree murder. And so for for somebody not to intercede and make that point clear, it's going to be we're going to get the same results again. And one of the things that you said uh, is, is that we, the concern goes beyond just these incidents and just the incidents in Chicago. I don't have a problem with uh, police officers shooting somebody that clearly uh, has a weapon and is doing things to provocate a, a, uh, an incident uh, here in Florida, uh, I think it was Florida, but you correct me if I'm wrong. A young man um, was going around shooting, and people called the police, and then he was running with a weapon in his hand. And as he was running, uh, he he put the weapon uh, under his arm. See, the point is, he shouldn't have had a weapon in the first place. So you don't have no argument with me when the police officers uh, confront you and they tell you to put your weapon down, and you choose not to put it down. That means you put your own self in jeopardy. And when you put your own self in jeopardy, you can't ask for people to give you anything that you ain't giving them. And they gave him a chance to put his gun down. But clearly, when we are talking about stories that that is not the case, another type of situation or another response needs to be to happen. The police chief suggested that the man reacted in four seconds. That was long enough for him to see that that man backed up off of him and that he was the one that was in charge. And he 
took it upon himself to execute that young man. And that is the reason why he should not have slept at home that particular night. And I'm just saying that police officers and 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 police chief and and um, the head of the police department, it should not be their decision to determine whether a person spends the night at home or he goes to jail. They should have arrested him because he killed somebody and allowed the system to determine whether or not he should remain in jail. But if you kill somebody and it's and it's a question or a toss-up that you that you were the reason for the death, then I say to you, you ought to go to jail until the state attorney determines that you should be let free. You know, I, I totally agree because, you know, uh, the, the death of a person at the hands of another person is called a homicide. And, even, and, and, and that in itself should be enough reason to hold a person. Now, because you're absolutely right, the sheriff made the determining judgment that, that what a jury was supposed to. You're not supposed to make the determining factor um, uh, because you wasn't there. You wasn't there. Of course, the camera was there. But, you know, like you say, the man was on the ground. The victim did not charge him. He did not rush at him. He stood there. Okay? And that in itself, the, the, the shooter was supposed to say, I got a gun. You need to step the crap back. You need to stay where you are. That's fine. But you stand there and shoot the man in the chest, and the man wasn't even charging you. The man came to his wife's defense just like any other man in this country would have done. Thank you. And I have to appreciate the fact that Al Sharpton was willing to come down and create some more noise. And that's what I'm saying. We have to find somebody who is willing uh, to create the noise necessary to put fear in the hearts of these people that are making these decisions. We cannot allow, like you said, for the, for the incident to go cold, and the un- only one that is hurting is his wife and children. In this particular case, she may not have any other avenues uh, to sue because the only person she can sue is the perpetrator. And he's not a part of any organization that has any money. So the point is is that her primary caretaker or breadwinner is gone, and now she has to fend. Her and those children have to fend for themselves. This man took away the person that was there to care for her and her children. Now, who's going to pay for that? I understand, and even and even in civil court, if the man don't have a dime, then there's not a dime to be had. But I want to say something to uh, to Pastor Smith, and I know he's gone. But I want to say something to to a statement that he made when he spoke about the fact that uh, we should be uh, concerned and try to do something about the shootings that were in Chicago, and there's no protest up there. This, that, and the other. Don't you know that's the same argument that the white people gonna make down there in Clearwater Park, Florida? That's the same thing that the radio stations, the, the TV stations, all everybody uh, in that area, even the sheriff is gonna make that same point. They gonna say that same thing because that's the only defense or distraction that they have. Why aren't y'all doing something in your own backyard? But you wanna come down here and start from, and that's what's gonna be. So Al being immune to that kind of rhetoric because he's heard it all his life, has to be the one to uh, to to ring the bell and to set a fire on that community down there, even the white folks. Hopefully, Al has become 
raised the right question. And the right question is, would you allow this to happen to one of your family? And that question has to be answered. And uh, you, you're so right, you know, and, and Florida has some major issues. Uh, we had a police chief, a former police chief, uh, shoot a, a patron uh, in, in the movie theater because the man threw some popcorn in his face. And it, it is too easy to suggest any movement by a perpetrator scares you so much that you got to take your weapon out and shoot him. Now, at least in this case, for right now, he shoot, he's sitting in jail, even though he was given bond. And that was white person, a white victim and a white perpetrator. Uh, but we got to do better uh, because obviously this law is creating an environment where too many people are at the mercies of people who are carrying weapons. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and Continue our conversation. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. We need you to be prepared and ready uh, to do your part in order to make life different, not only for ourselves, but for our children. I need you to call in and listen to the show. Dial in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard seven days a week. Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We have to be prepared and ready to wage war against those who want to take us in the wrong direction. We have to be prepared and ready to fight for our children, to fight for our aunts and uncles who are out at the mercy of those out there carrying weapons, be they black or white. We have to be ready to have an organization or put an organization in place that is willing to fight for our rights and for those who don't have the money. Uh, Dee, what is your last uh, thought this evening? Well, my last thoughts are hopefully um, people that, that wish to participate in the demonstration for peace down there with Al Sharpton. It's important that you conduct yourself in an orderly manner. You can't go in with retaliatory actions and start throwing bottles and cans and wrecking the place up because that's going to give you a negative response. That's 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 the attitude that Black Lives Matter had and that's what put their ideology in the negative. You have to know how to conduct yourself in the order of matter, and you have to understand the principle behind a peaceful protest. Thank you. It is so important that we follow the lead of those who came before us and who can give us the tools to have the right uh way to be successful and you're so right uh we need to follow uh the steps of martin luther king mahatma gandhi and the rest who understand that peace always trumps evil that we have to be able to weather the storm and make the sacrifice to put a mirror in the face of white america so that they can see their bad behavior. Uh, If we're going to display the same type behavior, they're not going to be able to see what's in the mirror. I want to thank you all for your continued support. I appreciate what it is that you do when you call in and you talk on this show and you're here with me. I want to thank everyone uh, of you who are listening and who are willing uh, to be a part of this movement. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow on Thoughts, Love, and Reflection as we try to give everyone a platform to have their opinion heard loud and clear without interruption. Take care, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow.
Stay with me. 